0: I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to season 10 of the Parenting Aces podcast, of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone. And guess what? We have Todd Whittem with us this week. It has been a minute since Todd's been on the podcast. In fact, we were just chatting offline and realized he hasn't been on at all this entire year of 2021. So it is about time to have him back and we're going to have a great conversation. I think it's going to tie in very nicely to some of the conversations that are happening over on our Facebook group, among the parents. So, um, this is gonna be a good one. Before I bring Todd on, though, just a quick reminder if you haven't become a premium member of Parenting Aces yet, and earn the right to complimentary quarterly consults with me, I sure would love for you to do that. I always love consulting with the parents out there and helping answer questions regarding your child's junior tennis journey and college recruiting issues or questions or just concerns that you may have. Also, while you're on our website joining, go ahead and hit that shopping tab and get some of our merch uh we'd love for you to rock our logo when you're out at those tournaments and events so without further ado let me bring todd Woodham on and for those of you listening on one of the apps if you want to watch the video version of this come on over to our website ParentingAces.com. todd hey nice to see you
1: hey lisa how are you it's been it's been uh- a while <laughs>
0: I know, I know. And I have to tell you, I, I think I told you this a couple of weeks ago, but I was at an event that I was volunteering for here in Orange County, California. And this guy came up to me. I had my parenting aces hat on and he's like, are you, are you Lisa? And I was like, yeah. And he says, I listen to your podcast all the time. My favorites are the ones with Todd Whittem. Do you, do you know him?
1: <laughs> and I was like,
0: yeah, I do. Yeah. But I mean, the reality is you and I still haven't ever met in person, but I feel like
1: we know each other. I keep trying to get, get you to come to Florida, but not yet, I guess. that that's I you. know. It is
0: on me. It is on me. Oh, well. So you've got so much going on down at you're not an academy in florida and one of the things that you've been doing recently is and and really since you started is bringing pros in to play with some of your players and i would love for you to talk about the most recent pro that's been training with you and what that situation is and how it impacts the juniors that are training with you
1: sure so At the end of 2020, uh, my assistant, Daniel Yu, who I grew up training with and played with on the tour under Pierre Arnold, we were both trained by the same coach, um, he had an opportunity to bring in the top South Korean pro on the ATP tour, uh, Sun Woo Kwon, and he asked me what I thought of that, and I thought it was a great idea to have him come in, join my system. This is the first ATP pro that has trained full-time in my system. Uh, you know, my, my business has been going for about 11 years now. So I thought it would be a a tremendous opportunity to have that gentleman in my system. And, and maybe I help Daniel with him if, if they need, or have the juniors jump in and, and do workouts with Soon Woo, which has been tremendous for the kids. Um, so I thought it was super exciting and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit out of the pro arena, you know, I retired back in, uh, back in, you know, many, many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, so
0: why did soon? Yeah. leave South Korea? I mean, what, what made him want to come to the
1: States to train and to work with Daniel Stateside Sure. So, so basically he, he had stopped working with his coach, which was a gentleman that, that I actually competed against on the tour. And Daniel was on a Korean club league team with soon. Um, that was before Daniel started working uh, for me. And, uh, and he had known Soon Wu since he was about twelve years old. Oh, and, wow. Um, you know, so you know, coming to the United States, you know, I think I think it was a nice change for Soon Woo because, you know, he's 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 pretty well known in, in South Korea. So coming here was a quieter environment, getting out of the press. Um, coming to, to train and get in shape and get ready for the twenty twenty one season. So it's worked out quite well. He's had some great results this year and Daniel has, has done a terrific job. Uh currently they're 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 uh they're preparing for Wimbledon right now in uh, in the UK and I talked to Daniel through WhatsApp uh you know maybe not every day but but many times during the week. So uh you know I, I love I love the guys. I've known Daniel since since we were kids, we traveled on the tour together. We were trained by the same coach. So, you know, it's been it's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's a really cool situation, not just for Soonwoo and not just for Daniel and not just for you and Pierre. But, I mean, let's talk about the kids that are training with you. And now all of a sudden there's a top ATP player on the courts, either right next to them or on the court with them.
1: Sure. So... You know, it's been a tremendous experience, you know, for, for the kids, not not only some of the 16, 17 year old boys, but you're talking about 10 and 12 year olds that are that are right next to Sun Woo, seeing the focus, the energy, the intensity. You know, I mean, th- this is this is big time business. And this is a guy who is number one in his country and needs to do well. I mean, there's pressure on this guy. It's sure. not, you know, so that, that that's something that, that that's that's very different. Um, so for for the boys, that we're training with soon Wu. If, if you go back and if, and if the parents want to look at my Instagram or my Facebook, you'll see these American boys that are about 16 or 17 years old, and they're going through workouts with soon Wu. and, and for, for the vast majority of them, this is the first time they've ever trained with a professional. And, I, and we're not talking about a player that's 500 or 1,000 in the world. We're talking about the upper echelon of pro tennis, so they were nervous, They weren't sure how it would go. They're asking me if they're good enough. Are they doing a good enough job? I mean, you know, and and I told them, I said, listen, you know, this is a professional who needs to do well. If he doesn't do well, he doesn't have a job. So you got you have to do your job. And if it was your parents and if they were working and they had someone that that wasn't doing their job in in their arena, they'd be they'd be out. So, you know, they had some pressure on them but they did a great job. You know, they, they were nervous in the beginning, but then they got used to the intensity and the pace and what was expected of them and they and they they did a good job. So, I mentioned
0: in the intro that there've been some conversations going on on our parents only Facebook group about different academies and and the value of sending a kid to this academy or that academy and what the expectations are and you and I have been chatting offline um, kind of in conjunction with that conversation about managing expectations when you send your kid to one of the big academies out there, understanding what they're going to get in terms of the level of coaching, the level of competition, the level of attention, and, you know, weighing that against coming to somewhere like your spot. And I don't even, I give, what do you call yourself? A tennis school, maybe? I don't know what you call yourself these
1: days. Yeah, so I consider what we're doing, we're structured as if you were going to send your child to a private school, an elite private school for academics. I've structured it for tennis, right? So we're taking on only serious kids. They go through a very tough, thorough assessment with Pierre before they come into the arena. Uh, We need to know exactly what they need to work on before they come in to train. It could be a child that's coming for a week, multiple weeks, maybe in and out of my system throughout the year, maybe full time. So it all depends. Everyone's case is different. Um, But, uh, but they're coming into a very serious arena and, and uh, they know it (laughs) during that. They know it. And then I get the report from Pierre.
0: Right. And, and one of the things that I pointed out in this conversation on Facebook was you know, it's, it's fine. If you want to send your kid to an IMG or an Everett or one of the big name academies, you know, that's great, but you need to understand what you're signing up for. If, if the goal is for your child to be getting top-notch instruction and you're just going there for a week, you know, for like maybe on a school break or maybe the family's taking a vacation and you're new to that, academy, the likelihood is that you are going to be with one of the newer coaches, not the name coach that, you know, is heading up the tennis program. And you may or may not get a chance to hit with some of the top players that are training there. Um, because just like when Su Wu is, Sun, Sun Wu, I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up his name, yeah. Sun Wu is at your system, The expectation for the top kids at these name academies is that they're going to be getting top players to train with. They are not there to help, you know, a beginning player learn how to play the game. That's not why they're on site there. Just like Soon Woo's not there to make your juniors better. However, that's a byproduct Right for your juniors. They're getting the benefit. Soon Woo just needs people to that can stay on the court with him and return his ball and keep the ball in play and hit it where he needs it hit and those kinds of things. So managing those expectations is a big part of the process. And hey, there's nothing wrong with wanting bragging rights or wanting your kid to to have the experience of going to one of these name academies. There's nothing wrong with that. Just understanding what, what you're going to get for the money that you're spending is really important. So if you're sending your child someplace for them to really improve and have the opportunity to be in an environment with top players who are training at a high level, with coaches who know what they're doing and working with these kids intensely, then there are better alternatives a lot of the time.
1: Not always, but a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to what, what you're looking for. Right. Um, yeah. you know, when, when you're, when you're with masses of students, you're dealing with masses of students. Maybe some are serious. Maybe some are not. Maybe some coaches are great. Maybe some coaches are not. Who is going to guide your child each and every day. It doesn't matter if it's an hour, two hours, or my system is five hours with fitness and match play. And you know, the, the, the whole, the whole shebang. So, you know, it's, who's going to put the hours into your child. If you're, if you're serious and understand that their credentials, and you know, and you figure it out.
0: So, I mean, the value to the juniors that are training with you right now of having Sun Wu there when he's not playing Wimbledon or the French Open <laughs> or <laughs> right. one of these other you know little tournaments around the world, um, the value that these kids are getting is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean.
0: mean- Talk it, about some of the feedback that you're getting from the juniors. Because I I mean I've shared stories of like when my son got to train with Mike Bryan one day and what that was like and
1: Right. I mean I think I think they start to realize the intensity, the level of concentration that's needed. Maybe there's holes in their game that they need to clean up before they go to college. Uh, they they get a real education about how they're going to be getting to higher levels of tennis, and then it's up to them to be to apply each and every day what they've been taught. And you know, just keep in mind, you know, th- this is Sunwoo's job. So if if one of the students is not doing their job, they're out. You right. know? And and they, and they knew this before they got on the court with Sunwoo. I made it very clear because I grew up with professionals in, in, in my arena from when I was six years old. So this, this was nothing new and I watched the intensity and their professionalism and what they were doing on a daily basis. I mean, for, for the viewers understand that in the off season about, about November, December, Soon Wu was training seven to eight hours a day. And that's including double sessions of fitness, double sessions of tennis, Recovery from his trainer that came from Korea. I mean, this is a very thorough day. This is, this is not a joke. Right. and uh, It's very good for, for these juniors to, to understand what professional tennis really is because many people don't know. They watch professionals on TV and they see how terrific they are and they're playing great, but they don't really know what's going on on a daily basis in training for, that, for them to play that well and for how long They've, they've been training to try to get to that level. Right.
0: And when you say it's a job for Sunwoo, I mean, it's not just about doing well in tournaments and earning prize money, but also as the top player in South Korea, he has sponsors. And those sponsor dollars are crucial to a professional athlete, and especially in our sport. And, you know, if he's not performing, then... Sponsors may or may not hang
1: on. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's the it's the whole package. You know, it's 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 the winning. It's it's the scheduling of tournaments. It's the scheduling of practice. How you're going to structure practices. How you're going to schedule tournaments. What surfaces? Where in the world you're going to play? Where, what's your best chance of doing well? Uh, how are you, how are you doing? You know, are you winning? Are you losing on tour? Are you in a slump? Are you? you know hot you're playing great you want to keep going all these things are managed by a very experienced individual and right now that's Daniel Yu plus there's a very top trainer that trained Hyung Chung who if you remember made the semifinals of the Australian Open i believe it was back in i think 2017 or 2018 that's the trainer that's been in my system with Soon Woo and Daniel Every day. Wow. So if you wanna really check out what these guys are doing, I've put clips of their physical training and the yeah. tennis. You may see me coming in and out of workouts having fun with Soon Wu as well as some of some of the uh, the American juniors as well. So it's it's been it's been very fun and it's been a great experience for everyone.
0: What are your junior players saying about the opportunity to hit with him? The ones that get to hit with him, and then the ones that are not ready yet um but maybe are hoping to get to hit with him
1: well i mean the reality is the reality i mean if if you're not ready and i can tell you a story is that one of the 16 to 17 year old boys soon woo has the most amazing mentality the work ethic is off the charts i've never seen him get negative he's always smiling and you'll see this on the instagram when i'm you know, pumping my fists in his face and we're having fun and we're competing and all those things. But one of the boys, you know, Soon Wu said he doesn't hit the ball big enough. Mm-hmm. So you know what? You're out. Right. And go get better. And so what happened was, was Soon Woo went off on tour and he came back in a month and, and we tested that boy again. And he was doing a really good job. He was able to hit the ball big enough and maintain the workout with Soon Wu. Beautiful. You've gotten better in a month. That's fantastic. So, you know, some of the younger ones, it's more of an experience to, you know what, this is what this guy is doing. This is how professional he is. This is how focused he is on every single drill. He's running for every ball. He's not losing concentration. His stroke mechanics don't change. He's able to maintain a certain ball over and over and over again like a, like a real top professional. And that's what we expect from you. It's right mm-hmm. next to you. Now duplicate it.
0: And so this boy that soon Woo said, you know, he's not hitting the ball big enough. I need somebody else on court with me. What did you do with that kid in that month period to get him up to speed and ready to be on court with soon Wu again?
1: Well, what were you we all working on? Well, it, it, was, it was to get him to be a lot more aggressive from when he first started. Um, it's actually a boy that we've spoken about that I want to come on the podcast with his father that grew yeah. up of the best players in the world. And it was a goal to make him a lot more aggressive. He needs to get stronger physically. He needs to get in better shape and he needs to have the mentality and the belief in himself that he can rip the ball and understand how to rip the ball and maintain it over and over and over again. And after the month he was able to do that. So you, you would see that boy in the clips and he was ripping with Sun Woo and, and doing a good job. But in the beginning, yeah, it was a little tough for him. <laughs>
0: But so, I mean, specifically, what were things that you were doing? What, did he up his fitness program? Did he increase the amount of time he was on court? Did he change his equipment? I mean, give us some specifics of how you got that kid from the place where Sunu was saying, mm-mm, to, okay, yeah, I'll hit with
1: him. Everything. <laughs> so, you know, a lot, a lot of kids, they play tentative. Right. They they just do. They're scared to miss. They want to go so bad. Right. You know, they, they've maybe been taught, you got to make a lot of balls, just make the ball. You're going to win. Right. That's, that's not really a high level mentality. Right. And at your point where I, where I call it being capped, you're not going to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you have the mentality of just put the ball in and run, then how do you get better? So, I was going through drills with this specific individual where he had to rip the ball and not miss and bucket drills. And I'm monitoring every single day. For example, we started at 10 balls out of a bucket where it was corner to corner and he's going around a cone with his footwork. So we're working on footwork. We're working on hitting a heavy ball. We're working on putting a ball on a specific spot on the court, right? And so we started with 10 in a row when he was able to do 10 in a row with all the drills. I'm talking about four and down the line, four and cross court, backhand down the line, backhand cross court, side to side. I mean, you name it. You know, it, I said, I don't care if it takes us two hours to do one drill. You are going to stay out here all day with me until this is accomplished. So he went from 10 in a row one day. And, and, and keep in mind that I told him, you know, one week, the first week we'll do 10 in a row. The second week we'll do twelve. Then we'll go to 14 and 16 and 18. But he started progressing so quickly. We just started going day by day. So it was 10, then it went to 12, then it went to 14, 16, 18. And he's like, Todd, you told me that we would uh, you know, that that we would only go in increments of two balls every week. And I said, sorry, I lied.
0: <laughs> so, but but I mean the point is, a point is that this kid was committed to getting better, right? He wanted to be back on the court with Soon Woo. So he was willing to put that work in. And he saw because he couldn't keep up with Sunwoo, right. that he knew where his shortfalls were, and he knew what he needed to do, and what the expectation was if Sunwoo was going to allow him to work out with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, this boy, you know, busting it really hard for about six hours a day. Yeah, people that that want to know, and this was a crash course from a boy who was at a division three college tennis level. And in three months has now an Ivy league level of tennis, mm-hmm. yeah. which tremendous, right? That, that's, 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 that's pretty uncommon. And, so, uh,
0: how did you keep him from getting hurt during that period? Because that's a lot of tennis balls to hit. And in right. a developing kid, you know, the kid's body's still developing. He's a teenager. So how did you, you know, manage, uh, his physical stuff to make sure that he didn't get hurt.
1: Sure. So I think what, what, what the viewers need to understand is that when techniques are clean, the chances of a youngster getting injured is much less, Hmm. right? You know, that that's normal. So, you know, we're tweaking techniques, not making major changes, but tweaking, working on getting a lot physically stronger. And I'm not talking about going to do bench press and squats in a gym. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about tennis specific drills Right. Whether it's fitness or tennis drills so that that individual can get a lot stronger, understand how to move on a court, understand how to hit a heavy ball, understand, you know, how they need to play, how they need to structure points, you know, how they're going to be playing in college because college tennis will be coming up in a year for this individual. So Mm -hmm. the whole package was put together. And I'm talking about the physical fitness to the recovery. I mean, you know, it was pretty it's a very thorough day. Um, but this is a boy that is very determined to achieve what he wants to achieve. And so that's why he has progressed at such a rapid rate. It came from his mentality first and then taking my, you know, information and bringing a certain standard every single day. And when he didn't, he heard it, he heard from it, heard from, right. And so, but that's, that's really how, how it works.
0: And so what about the younger kids that are there watching the 16, 17-year-olds hitting with Sunwoo? What are they learning and taking away from that experience?
1: I think they're taking away the discipline and work ethic of what a high-level professional brings and a certain standard that they bring every single day, Right. You, you must know that not, you're not going to hit the ball great every day. We know that, but your concentration, your level of concentration, your standard professionalism, work ethic, that should be very consistent every single day. And if you don't have that, it's going to be a roller coaster for that individual. Mm. Right. And so, you know, what, what I'm doing with, with, you know, with, with this particular boy is that I'm bumping it up a little bit in increments, Right. So that he's getting better and better and getting more confident each and every day so that he believes in himself and will then bring it to the tournament, bring that belief and that self-assurance, and that's really what's happening. So, but you know, but I'm monitoring that training all day long.
0: But that trickles down to the younger kids too, right? Even though they're not on court with Sun Wu, they're watching this boy they've been training with get better quickly because of the hard work and the commitment that he's willing to put into it, the hard work and commitment that you and Pierre are willing to put into it to help him get there. And so I I'm just, you know, kind of thinking out loud here for the younger players to be exposed to that and to see the progression and how quickly the progression happens when you're willing to put that level of effort in that level of focus in has got to be just an incredible and valuable learning experience for these young ones.
1: Well, it, it comes from each individual. What are they bringing to the court each day? Right? The mentality. When you look at the mentality of a Sun Wu Kwan, you know, I've known him now since November of 2020, and I've never seen him one time get negative. I've never seen him one time not run for a ball. I've never seen him one time complain. I've never seen him one time tank a point. I mean, I've, I've never, you know, it's it's the mentality is so good that you know that player is going to get better.
0: But more importantly than you seeing those things, it's these young kids seeing that, right? And right. that rubbing off on them and understanding this is what it means to be a top-level tennis player. It's, it's not the fancy clothes or the fancy academy or playing, you know, the big tournaments, you know, across the country. It's putting in this work every day. That's what gets you there.
1: They're very consistent. That's the difference. It's, it's, it's just as if a surgeon is going to do surgery each and every day. They're, if, if they're successful, they're very consistent at doing surgery mm-hmm. or maybe you're a lawyer or maybe you're a businessman, whatever it is. If you're successful, where Sun Wu is about 78 or 79 in the world right now, he's very consistent every day. That's, that's the difference. It doesn't matter if you're a junior, a college player or a professional. That's what you really look for can that individual sustain a certain standard each day and can they continue to get better and how are they going to continue to get better on a daily basis?
0: Mm -hmm. But it's, it's the intensity too that, I mean, I've had, you know, the great opportunity to watch some of the pros practice as well. And, and the intensity that, I mean, the second they step step foot on the court, you know, they may be joking around while they're unpacking their bag and lacing up their shoes and regripping their the rackets or whatever. They're butzing around with their buddies, or with their trainer, with their coaches. But the second they get on the court to start hitting, the laser focus just goes on autopilot, basically. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable to watch that level of intensity, that level of focus. And they're not doing anything different. Then our 12-year-olds are doing. They're hitting forehands cross-court down the line, backhands cross-court down the line. They, you know, approach shots, volley, 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 overhead. I mean, it's the same drills that we all know. There's no magic sauce here, other than that level of intensity and commitment.
1: Right. Understand that, you know, you know, I've watched Daniel train Sun Woo. I've jumped into workouts. I've trained him as well when Daniel wanted me to help him. And we're not doing anything special, right? There's no, yeah. there's no magic pill. You know, I'm going through drills that I did my whole life from when I was a little kid and into pro tennis. Um, they're just doing it at a different standard. They're doing it at a different level of concentration. They're doing it at a different level of intensity, different level of, con- of you know, focus, concentration, like I said. And every ball has value. They don't check out mentally and physically when they're tired, they push harder. That's the difference, right? And so that's what you really look at to see if a child has it between their ears to take it to higher levels of tennis. That's most important. You Mm -hmm. can take lessons all day long. You can take groups all day long. But if you don't have the mentality of what I just spoke about, you can spend as much money as you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. I've told kids, I said at this moment, it doesn't matter if Roger Federer is training you until you get your mentality and your brain correct and focused and understanding what you need to do, then you can get better. Yeah. So then it doesn't matter.
0: And I mean, I think this is a really important message for parents to hear is that if your kid isn't ready to work at that level, it does. Like you said, it doesn't matter who the coach is. The child has to set the tone. Now, the coach has to support that, and the coach has to have expectations for the work ethic and and the level of intensity during a practice session or during a lesson. But the onus is on the player him or herself to dig deep and find that level of focus and intensity and make the most out of those sessions. If they want to achieve high levels in the sport, that's not to say that every kid has to do that. You know, there, there's so many levels of tennis and so many places kids and adults can play tennis and enjoy the sport without having to reach that upper echelon. But if your kid's goal is to reach that upper echelon They need to bring it every single practice.
1: Yeah. And I think they need both the parents and the student need to be educated in what it's going to take. Anybody could say, I'd love to play at the best colleges in the United States. I want to be a professional tennis player, but do you really understand what that means? Mm -hmm. As you know, have you been trained like that? Have you been in an arena that has produced players, you know, to, to, to that caliber, right? That's a whole different ball game. Are you being trained by coaches that have those success stories and they put in those thousands of hours with specific individuals on a daily basis? Right. And how old were, were those players and what, what part in their development, you know, has that coach trained those, those particular players? Because I can tell you, you know, firsthand, it is a way different job training Say a twelve or fourteen year old, or you know, in this case, we're speaking about a sixteen year old boy who's getting much better and is going to play Ivy League tennis. That's way different. It's not. It's apples and oranges compared to training a professional, mm-hmm. a high level professional,
0: <laughs> or compared to training an eight year old.
1: Yeah, it's just it's not it's not comparable. So mm-hmm. when when I hear parents, well, child is training and and being trained by this person, and they just got off the tour with. Roger Federer or whatever, or Rafael Nadal, the first thing that I'm thinking is that as that, is that person really, are they knowledgeable in training, you know, a person like your child? I don't care that they trained an ATP or WTA professional. That, that makes that, that's, that's not what they're trained. They're getting ready to train your child. Do they understand how to, how to develop that particular student?
0: Yeah. And these are all questions that, you know, it's hard to ask. And it's hard to really effectively evaluate the answer sometimes because there are coaches out there that are really great salespeople. Um, you know, I talk to parents about this all the time with college recruiting. You know, the the recruiters are out there to sell you on their school. So you have to really dig and ask the right questions to get the pertinent information to make the right decision. But same thing goes with junior coaches. You know, there are some junior coaches out there that are really committed to developing players to their highest potential. And if you can find one of those coaches, that's gold. But there are lots of other coaches out there that are just trying to make a living and they really don't have the skills or the desire to put the work in to develop junior players to the highest level. They'll teach them some good strokes and they'll get them to a point where they can play, you know, great league tennis or you know, have fun out on the tennis court, but in order to reach that highest level, they, the coach has to have that knowledge and commitment to excellence, just like the player does.
1: I I agree. You know, I mean, for, for a perfect example is that, you know, and I've told students this, you know, recently is that in my system, Pierre Arnold was the gentleman in the Academy. When I walked through the door in 1989 He was setting the foundations for all the youngsters. So I'm learning grip and swings and movements and all that at six years old. And he was the one that was setting the foundation for hundreds, if not a thousand. I mean, who knows how many students in South Florida that went on to become great college players and maybe maybe some professionals and all that. And the parents would come to Pierre and they used to ask him. Is my child ready to move out from you and go on to higher levels and, you know, higher level groups and everything? And he had to give the green light or the red light to say, your child is ready or no, your child is not ready yet. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have him setting the foundations for my young students in in my arena. And -hmm. because why? Because he's been doing it for 38 years. (laughs) That's why. So these kids are very blessed and they're very lucky to have an individual that understands how to set the foundation so that those techniques and movements and concentration and discipline and how to place a ball and all, and just all of these different things are set and solid, which is what a great foundational coach does.
0: Right. And I mean,
1: <coughs> excuse me, what's
0: interesting to me about your system, Todd, you're not getting beginners down there working with you. You've got kids who are already they've worked with coaches prior to coming to you. So Pierre oftentimes and you are having to undo some bad habits and, and help these kids relearn good habits with their grips, with their strokes, with their movement, with their mentality, with their tactics, with their you know, mental side of their game, their, their approach to competition, their recovery, all of these things that they may not have gotten, um, a solid enough foundation prior to coming to you. And I, you know, I don't know if you meant or set out to do this, but you've kind of become known as the place to come where, when your kid is kind of maxed out with their current coach and they're they're they want to play college tennis, but they're, they're just not there yet, and they need that, that tweak to get them to the next level. And you're providing that for a lot of kids.
1: Yeah. You know, we, in my system, in, the, in these 11 years, we have not started one kid out, right? Keep that in mind. Not one. Yeah. Almost all the students, my business started, right, just on my own as like a private guy in South Florida, was a 15 to 18 year old student who the parents were frustrated and they were concerned that their child was not going to go to a great college. And so I had to take that particular individual and I assessed them, took a look at everything. And in my mind, started figuring out what needed to be tweaked, fixed, developed, and the given amount of time that I was going to have with that student and then send them off to a great college. So Mm -hmm. when you're doing those things, and the students are 15 to 18 years old. They have habits that are really set, right? Right. You know that that's late in the ball game, right? When, and you
0: like, don't have a lot of time to fix it.
1: Correct. Sometimes I had a year. Um, my first student was a senior in high school. Oh wow. Okay, a senior. So you have very little time. <laughs> yeah. Quick, right? So you know that's how my business started. Um, then as you guys know, Ronnie Homan was the first young student to enter my arena, you know, 12 on and off during his school breaks and 14 years old living with me full time. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then I started to get, you know, phone calls of, of younger students. Now we have plenty of 10 year olds that come in and out and 12 year olds and, you know, all the way going up into, you know, you know, 16 and 18 year old kids and maybe some college players during their breaks. And then soon was a pro and, and all, and all, you know, so now we have a pretty nice variety of students, but, you know, I was the guy where it's like, that guy can, you know, fix your kid quick, (laughs) you've relocated to South Florida and things maybe aren't going so well. And he'll spend a lot of hours with your kid, grinding it with them all day long. And, uh, and that, that's really how my business started.
0: And now, I mean, you do take kids in for a week at a time. They can come in during school breaks. And for those of you listening to this, that, you know, maybe you're new to parenting aces and you haven't heard any of our previous conversations, Todd and I've had quite a few over the years, um, on this podcast and elsewhere, but, you know, it's, it's a very personalized approach to the tennis development. It's not, Todd calls it his system, but it's not a one size fits all situation where you're sending your kid to learn tennis this way and this way only. No Todd and Pierre evaluate these kids and they work with them and figure out the things that are going to work best for them and, and help them reach their potential in the best way, you know, to suit their personality, their strengths, their weaknesses, et cetera. So I, I, I just want to encourage the listeners you know if you're looking for a place for your kid to go work with a coach for a week and just kind of see what else is out there um, consider sending them down to Todd and and Todd, give me your website I'm going to flash it up on the screen here it's
1: sure so it's uh, www.twtennis.com.
0: So, I'm going to just uh, put that up on the screen. So, those of you watching, you can um, go to twtennis.com and get more information on Todd's system, his Not an Academy. I, I always have to stop myself.
1: <laughs> you know, you know re- really, you know, going back to what you were just speaking about is that, you know, I mean, and, and for the listeners, you know, I I do social media Monday through Friday, almost every, every, every night, you know, you've seen at least one
0: would think you're never on the tennis court training the kids. I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm on the court a lot.
0: I know I'm teasing you
1: <laughs> or a lot. So, so anyway, so, you know, that when, when, when I, when I go and look at videos on social media and all that, I see kids. You know, boys, girls, different body types, abilities, everything. And they're all being taught the same exact techniques. A cookie cutter approach. Doesn't work. Do not agree with that at all. Yeah. You have to assess and understand, you know, the player's mentality, their physicality, their grips, their swings, their athleticism, how they need to be playing so that they can go to a great college, you know, if, if that's what their goal is, or maybe a pro career. There are no two tennis players in the world that are the same. So I can't understand why I see coaches that are teaching all the kids the same exact techniques. Mm. Right. That that doesn't work. It, right. it, it it just doesn't. The cookie cutter approach does not work. And so that's really one of the main reasons that any kid that enters my arena goes through a very thorough assessment with Pierre. I do mm-hmm. some of them, but I really try to have Pierre do most of them. And he gives me the report. And because you have to understand how to motivate each player, what needs to be tweaked, maybe developed, maybe fixed, how they how they how they you know, compete, so many different things that that you look at so that you can really help that individual.
0: You know, I haven't had you on the podcast this year, but I've had Craig Pettigrove who sent his son Oliver down to work with you. And you know, for those of you who missed that podcast with Craig, I, I urge you to go back and take a look. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. But um you know, it's, it's always interesting to me to talk to the parents of the kids who work with you. I've talked to Ronnie Homan's dad. um, I've I've talked to several of of your parents um, that have come, you know, the kids that have come down and the, the message that continues to come out, the consistent message is the level of personal attention that the kids are getting and how quickly They improve because the expectation from you and Pierre and Daniel is that if you're here, you're here to get better. And so you all make that happen.
1: Yeah. You know, you know how I look at this is that if the parents are going to come here, whether they're coming for a week, multiple weeks, a month, maybe full time, maybe in and out of my system throughout the year, I'm investing. They're investing in us and I'm investing in the coaches as well. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Quality was always my number one goal where usually making money is usually the number one goal. Right. Right. So for me, I believe that if you have quality, people will pay you well for your services. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the guys, the coaches that are, that are training the players in my system are coaches that trained me. Right. So, so, we we kind of laugh about it where I say, well, I used to work for you guys and now you guys are working for me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or they are they are individuals that trained under me. Right. So it's really my little family. I haven't gone outside of it. And so I know these individuals inside and out that are with these kids. I don't have to look at them all day long to see if they're doing a great job. I know what they're looking at. They know what I'm looking at. And, you know, I believe that you know, it's about the quality and who is going to be putting in the hours with that individual each day. So for kids that are visiting, they're going to see improvements after about two or three days and they're in shock. Right. Yeah. But, you know, the standard of training needs to be high and who's guiding it each and every day. To me, that's that's most important. That's where it starts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's just circle back to Sun Wu for a minute um, as we're coming to the end of our, our time together. But, you know, the fact that Daniel felt comfortable bringing him in uh, to your environment and comfortable enough that the kids that you're working with would be able to handle the intensity of having a top pro there as well um, and not be distracted by it, but rather be motivated by it speaks very highly for what you're doing, right? I mean, you know, and these kids are, I I hope they understand how lucky they are to have the opportunity not only to to watch a a top ATP pro train, but to actually be on court with them. I mean, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think think it's a tremendous uh, experience for them. Um, You know, Daniel and I were brought up with Pierre with, with really high level players around us and professionals. So for us, it's, 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 it's really, it's not, to it's be the norm. Or hockey, but for us, it's kind of normal. Yeah. Right. We were trained by individuals that were producing the best of the best amateurs in the country, not the world or professionals. But we're, we're used to that, right. Yeah. That, that's, that's how we were brought up. We were brought up by, you know, by some tremendous coaches. Um, You know, but for the kids, you know, this is very educational for them, Yeah, right? Tell them for that. But then when they're on the court with someone who's doing something at a certain standard, each and every ball, each and every day, they very much understand what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Well, keep up the great work down there, Todd. And I'm looking forward to getting Daniel and Sun Wu, hopefully on, on a future podcast, maybe after Wimbledon. We'll see between Wimbledon and the U S open. I don't know. Um, that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll get them on, you know, um, they'll be, they'll be, uh, they'll be home training for the hard court season. Um, You know, the, you know, the viewers can definitely watch the social media. Uh, I put plenty of clips of Soon Woo and Daniel and myself and the juniors, you know, practicing with him. Then um, he'll be training very hard here on the hard courts to get ready for all the U.S. Open series events in the United States and then into the U.S. Open. So, uh, you know, they'll be back soon and uh, he'll be training again and I'll be putting some clips up and, you know, hopefully people enjoy that and they'll see, you know, what it's all about.
0: Absolutely. So again, for those who want to get in touch with you, they can reach you through your website, www.twtennis.com. And Todd's all over Instagram. He's not so much on Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram, you can find him all the time. He's posting really cool videos and, yeah. and tips and and drills and things like that so make sure you're following him on those two channels we'll have the links to those in the show notes as well and uh todd thanks for doing the show it's I, I can't believe it's june well by the time this airs i guess it'll be july maybe i don't know i'm not sure when it's going live but uh i apologize for taking so long to get you on this year
1: yeah no it's it's been great and i'm excited for when daniel and soon come back because I want Daniel to, uh, to come on this show and, and explain, you know, what it's been like for him. Yeah. You know, but Soon Woo and the number one South Korean player um, and what they're doing and how they're preparing and, you know, all the things that they do. You know, how they study the matches to get him ready and the recovery and the trainer and everything that I think that an that a, that a upcoming serious tennis player should, should listen to because it's very interesting stuff. And Daniel is doing a tremendous job. And as I always say, the results never lie.
0: That's it. That's it. Well, Todd Whittem, thank you. To my listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis player. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at ParentingAces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.